People are my passion, and this podcast is about just that. Life, love, careers, relationships, the ups, the downs, the funny, and sometimes not so funny things that happen along the way. I think that everyone has a story to tell, and I want to hear it. So join me weekly as I sit down with everyday people from all walks of life to find out what makes them tick. You are listening to Bright Minds with Ashmon. Are your insurance premiums going up or is your insurance company dropping you? Give The Works Insurance a call today and tell them Ashmon sent you. The Works Insurance offers insurance coverage to protect everything that's important to you. Whether it's your home, your car, your kids, or your toys, The Works Insurance can tailor coverage that works great for you. Give them a call at 910-550-0209 or visit them online at theworksinsurance.com. Welcome back, everyone, to Bright Minds with Ashmon. This is a first for me. We are doing a two-parter. I have got David Friedman back with me. Thank you so much, David. Glad to be here. I'm excited. You really are the first guest that I've ever done this with, but I felt like it was it was a must, you know. <laughs> well, I talk more than anybody. That's <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. I really, I think I really put you on the spot listening back to our first session. So I don't know if you had a choice to say you didn't want to do it again, but here we are. <laughs> no, I definitely chose it. I had a great time, and I'm happy. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. And we, I almost wish I didn't bring up your music career at the end of the last episode because I feel like I, I just kind of glossed over it, but. You know, people are going to go like Google you and YouTube you, and it's going to be great. They're going to find out all about your music career. Uh-huh. Okay, but I did want to talk about the books today because I just am so fascinated with them, and I'm on a high because I read them all recently within the last wow. few weeks. So, <laughs> a lot of books to read. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I shouldn't say all of them. I read three of them. That counts, though, right? <laughs> yeah, that counts. Yeah, that's. Count. I do. I love to read, and you know, what I loved about well, especially. We Can Be Kind, one of my faves, mm. and I loved it because you can pick it up and put it down. Like it's not so. All right. Do you ever want to read a new novel everyone's talking about and you look at it and you're like, well, I don't want to start that because am I going to have time to finish it? Maybe that's just a me thing. But sometimes I'm intimidated by the size of a book. (laughs) Yeah. But I love this because is it appropriate to call it a bathroom read? Like you can sit it down and pick it up. Well, I was just going to say, I was going to say my dream is everyone has it either in the bathroom or (laughs) uh, at their end table so that in the morning you can read something when you wake up and at night before you go to bed because it's it's all, it's based on my song, We Can Be Kind. Yes. And, uh, what I did was, what happened was, I had a book coming out called How They Met. And this was a book uh, that many years ago, when I had a very difficult and sudden breakup, uh, one of the ways in which I healed was uh, a song came to me called You're Already There. And that song, I was I was lying in bed one night thinking, oh, my life is over. You know, I'm never going to meet anybody. Blah, 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 blah. And I suddenly had this great thought, which that is that whoever I'm going to meet is already there. And I'm going to tell the story one day. And so what I did to heal, I started asking couples of longstanding how they met. And the stories were all so crazy and ridiculous. <laughs> and unexpected and serendipitous and you know there was one person at the the first story in the book is called pooper scooper romance and it's about (laughs) they went out to walk their dog and forgot the pooper scooper and so they reached into the garbage and picked up a piece of newspaper and it had a personal ad on it and they're married to that person no way yeah just let's talk about dating a personal ad because man 
Well, exactly. And so, but that happened in this case. We have one friend who said, I went to a bar, met this wonderful guy who came home and we've been together for years. And, uh, and so different people had these stories and some people would say like, I am never, 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 never dating another actor. And they're married to an actor for 30 years. (laughs) And, and so the point of the book was not a how to, but it was a book of hopefulness that it doesn't matter what situation you're in. It doesn't matter how hopeless you feel, how bad it feels in one second, you could walk around the corner and meet someone. So that the point is just, there's even no point. I was going to say the point is you don't have to be open to it. You could be close to it and it could happen. And so it was the kind of thing that said the power of serendipity in life conditions. Although my favorite one was this couple, these two guys, uh, Alan is now 80 and David is 70. And David talked about how when they met years ago, he said, I really liked Alan and he was a great guy, but he didn't check all the boxes for me. So I thought, I'm going to, I can't throw him away because there's too much good there. So I'm going to stick this relationship out until I decide whether he's the one. And I said, well, you've been together for 37 years. When did you decide? He said, still deciding. (laughs) Still working through that one. I actually have not read that book, but I love that idea because it's one of my favorite things to find out about our friends. About I think that's how I started our last podcast, figuring out how you and Sean met. I love these stories. Well, that's the point is we always ask that question. But the reason I brought the book up was uh, there were some issues in getting it published. There was some problem the publisher had with the editor, et cetera, et cetera. And so they said, in the meantime, do you have another idea? And so my song, We Can Be Kind, if there's one song I would like the entire world to hear, it's We Can Be Kind. Uh, I think kindness is something we can do at any moment, no matter what's going on, no matter how we feel, no matter how people are treating us. Uh, Kindness is, uh, is something that we have the ability to practice. And so... Uh, that song is quite popular and has been all over the world. And so I took the song and each chapter of the book is a line from the song. So the first chapter is so many things we can't control. And I have essays about that we don't control certain things, that things just happen and we can be kind in those. So many hurts that happen every day. Talk about the hurts in which we can be kind. So many heartaches. And then the chorus is we can be kind we can take care of each other. We can remember that deep down inside, we all need the same thing. And maybe we'll find that if we are there for each other, that together we'll weather whatever tomorrow may bring. And so uh, Nancy Lamott, a singer who was my muse, and I made nine albums with her, recorded that originally. And uh, I thought the world could use this message. So if people would you know, want to wake up in the morning and read something or before they go to sleep, let this inhabit their dreams or, you know, in the bathroom or in the bathroom. (laughs) I really am. I was thinking how, you know, I kind of want this by my kid's bedside and to read little snippets of it. I had like bookmark some things because I think that's such an important, it seems so simple, David, but it's not, if that makes sense at the same time. Like that's all I want for my children. I'm just like, you worry about yourself and be kind to others. They might do things differently than you. They might act differently than you. That's and right. I, I'm always telling them too a lot that tried and true, you know, hurt people, hurt people. Like I have yes. the ability to look at someone who's maybe behaving a certain way that I might choose not to behave. And I know it stems from somewhere from 
some insecurity, a hurt on their end, a loneliness, a you know, I'm like, they've got something going on with them. So let's give them a little grace and let's just be kind. That's all. Yes. You, you and know? That, I, I mean, that is crucial because people, as you said, are different from us. And as Sean likes to say, he says, doesn't it just irk you when people you don't like have friends? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's you know? funny. And we, um, and so kindness and, and at the end of each chapter is three ways in which you can be kind to others, but then three ways you can be kind to yourself. Which is and super important too. Forgive yourself. Give yourself leeway. Don't The same yourself. grace you would give somebody else. Why is it harder for me to give it to myself than it is to somebody else? Well, it's interesting. I, I, I do a thought exchange group. You know, we'll talk about the book, The Thought Exchange. And there was someone who was really uh, beating themselves up for, you know, having issues, for being afraid. And I said, what I want you to do is I want you to go to your email and I want you to send yourself an email from the part of you that really loves you and is your best friend and what your best friend would say to you at that time, not what you would say to you, but so you would say, oh, this is hateful. This is awful. And your best friend would say, you know what? You really are stressed and it's, it's okay. And then right back and forth to your best friend. Just have a conversation, answer. And, and uh, uh, pro tip right here, guys. That is, that's genius. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Okay. I'm going to two more parts on this and then we got to get into the thought exchange. But there was one part that I just loved and I feel like this, I, I bookmarked it. And you were talking about just being, this was after your ex had broken up with you and like wishing him ill will. And it was like uh, essentially until you became happy. And then the whole process changed. Yes. I'm, I'm watching that. Does that make sense? Yes. No, you're not watching at all. Okay. What I said was, I looked at it and he left me for someone else. So I thought, oh, he's so happy. He has everything. I have nothing. And I couldn't be in the same room as him. I mean, I, if someone would have a party, I'd say, is he going to be there? And uh, I uh, wouldn't go. And I suddenly realized that... If I walked into a room with a gorgeous model on one arm and an Oscar in the other hand, I wouldn't care what he thought of me. I wouldn't care. <laughs> and so that really uh, my focus needed to be on my being happy. It really didn't matter what he was doing. Uh, and so true. he had his own challenges. And I began to realize, you know, for his own reasons, he could not live in my shadow and he needed to leave. And, you know, there was all sorts of stuff that came about. And so over the years... I realized that I had to forgive him. Now, I didn't, I, I, I didn't like what he did. And in many ways, I didn't like the way he behaved. But forgiving is, forgiving is not really saying it's all right. Forgiving is saying, this is what happened. And yep, and this is what happened. I, I, there's a, Amazing story. I have a friend who, uh, uh, a gay man who met, had never had a partner and met his partner when he was 60. And we met the partner. The partner was Indian and from London. And our friend lives here. And we met the partner at a wedding. And he was the most kind, sweet, funny man. He was just delightful. And so I said to him, I said, you know, you're 60. Did you ever have a long relationship? And he said, yes, I did. Uh, I was in a relationship for 27 years. And I said, what happened? He said, well, one day I was cooking dinner and my husband came home and uh, no, my husband called and said, on my way home. And I said, great, see you in 20 minutes. 
And in a half an hour, the police came to the door and said, your husband's been killed in a car accident. No. And he said he was so devastated, obviously, he, oh. to a grief therapist who tried to get him through it and didn't help. And then he went to a Buddhist therapist who said, yes, what happened is your husband was killed suddenly and you are devastated and this is the way it feels. And that's the truth. That's just the way it is. Be with it. And so he said, it's seven oh. years later. And to this day, I am as devastated as I ever was in losing him. And I think of him all the time. But because I'm able to be with it, I'm able to love Paul fully. Oh, I love that. Move on. So you don't move on. From things. The grief cycle is part of you now, right? That's right. That's yeah. right. And so to really, uh, so with my ex, I gradually began to accept it. And I, you know, began to, if I ran into him, I was pleasant. If he asked me for tickets to something that I was doing, I gave them to him. I, and and by the uh, years later, you know, really, when you look back at it, he left me because he had a midlife crisis. And he ended up with someone who uh, was very much like me and who I liked. And we'd run into them occasionally. And uh, although it was funny, because once Sean and I ran into him and an old friend who I hadn't seen at the theater, and Sean was having a long conversation with my ex. And my ex was what I would call a jewelry whore. He just, <laughs> you know, loved jewelry. And I remember one time he was in Jamaica and I was in New York and I got a um, a uh, call from uh, fraud protection on my credit card. Oh, and no. Credit card is being used in New York and in Jamaica. And I said, oh, what was bought in Jamaica? And they said, jewelry. And I said, okay, that makes sense. And I said, how much was the purchase? And they said, $60. I said, impossible, way too low. <laughs> Add a few more zeros on there. Exactly. <laughs> and then that it would be great. But so uh, he met someone who he, you know, was very nice. And we'd end up at events together. We'd be pleasant. And and uh, then his partner got a brain tumor. And oh gosh, my ex came to my show, Desperate Measures, in New York. And his partner, I went, I just went out to him. Sean was there. And he said, you know, Scott is here. Uh you know, say hello. And I said, hello. And I said, how's Brian? And he said, well, he's in hospice. And I, I looked into myself and I realized that I did not have an ounce of told you so, you know, should have said, yes. it was That's gotta feel so much better. You know, it's so, relieved. and again, it's, you were happy. I mean, I feel That's sorry right. for people that truly can't, you know, hold on to grudges and can't let things like that has to just eat you up. I just, I can't understand it. Well, there's that whole, you know, old saying, holding a crutch is like taking poison and hoping the other person dies. <laughs> it's, you know, it's so what happened was we invited him to Christmas, et cetera. And a few months later, I ended up in an event which Sean was not at, uh, sitting opposite him. And I came home and I said, Sean, I was sitting across from Scott and we had the most wonderful time. We laughed. We have so much in common. We have so much history. We finish each other's lines. It was just delightful. I'd rather chew glass than be with that man. But I really <laughs> time. <laughs> oh, well, I love it. And I just, I, I can't recommend that book enough, guys. It's called We Can Be Kind, Healing Our World One Kindness at a Time. I think it's appropriate for all age groups. Again, I really, I'm going to put it by the kid's bedside and 
you know, read little excerpts from it because it's really, really good stuff. I love that because I love spreading that message and it makes all so powerful. Yeah. All the difference. Okay. So 20 year anniversary of the thought exchange. Yeah. This one's deep. Like, I don't, you know, I was trying to think of, but I think you did kind of summarize it last time, but in case someone didn't listen, let's get into you writing the thought exchange, how it started, the overall principle. Like it's really, really amazing stuff. Well, it started like so many things, you know, by accident. I mean, there's no accidents that, uh, I was, I had met Sean at Unity and I was going to Unity and Unity had what they called an artist support circle uh, that met every week. And the person who was leading it was leaving. And so the minister came to me and said, you know, you're a very successful artist. Might you be interested in leading this group? And I said, well, let me go and see what they're doing. And so what they were doing was it was artist support circle. They were sitting in a circle and it was a group of artists and they were supporting each other through like affirmations. But the affirmations okay. were all about like the physical world. Like I am a world famous composer with number one hits and millions of dollars in the bank, et cetera. And I would think, no, you're not. Why are you? <laughs> sure. I realized that what people were doing was magical thinking. Like if they said it just right and they you know, use the right words that whoever it is up there who gives out such things would give it to them, would hear them and give them out. Yeah. Uh, which is a lot of people's concept of God that you're beseeching, you're, you know, you know, and well, I like you today. I don't like you today. I, uh, I remember Sean was, uh, talking to a unity minister who should know better. And the minister said, you want to know how good God is? I was in Paris and I was flying back to New York and there were two planes leaving for New York. And one of them had the shoe bomber and God put me on the other one. Oh, geez. Sean said, so you're saying God was crap for all the people <laughs> on the, <laughs> the other Gosh, right? You know? <laughs> so yes. People had a very skewed uh, image of what that was. And so I said, I looked and I said, you know, we all know that positive thoughts create positive results, but we have so much trouble doing it. I wonder yeah. why. And I started to explore that and in this group. And what we found was that, and I think we talked about this a little last time, it's the positive thoughts that often scare us. So we, we will take on a thought like, I can do this, or this wonderful thing is happening. And but if we have had trauma or danger with it in the, in the past, recent or distant, our limbic system, the part of our body, our brain that is designed to protect ourselves from any harm, the part that says, don't touch that hot stove because you got burned last time. Right. Huge record of everything that's happened and is all its job is to sort through that and go don't do that don't do this dangerous so if you were a kid and you said i can do this and you got slapped across the face then when you say i can do this you feel this uncomfortable sensation and we often and so a child learns very quickly i don't want to get slapped off the face the, the across the face so i'm not going to say that i'm terrific or i'm not going to say uh, yeah, that I can do this. And so in adulthood, we keep fighting to go, 
to take on these positive thoughts. And then we get these uncomfortable sensations and we think that they're signaling us the same thing they signaled us in the past, whereas actually they're just harmless sensations. So I developed this method because there were so many positive thinking methods. And they say, just think positive, just do this, just do that. Right. We'll do it for five minutes and stay with it. Or like uh, going on a diet. What it takes to go on a diet is to be have the ability to feel uncomfortable. <laughs> have the ability to, and you know, Oprah for years was going, oh, I found this diet, it's wonderful, I eat whatever I want and I can, and then gains it back. And I was just thinking about Oprah when you're talking in The Secret, you know, and her- The Secret is the same yeah. thing. All you have to do is think a positive thought and this will happen. Well, on some level, it's not about things happening. It's about our experience of ourselves. But on some yeah. level, that's true, except- we can't seem to stay with it. So what I taught people- That's the key to me, right? How do you stay with it? And you stay with it by being uncomfortable. So if someone says to me, I want to be a big star and be very famous or do some big thing, I say, well, you have the talent, you have the willingness, uh, you're entitled to do that. Are you willing to be that uncomfortable? Uh, I say that to people when they say, I want to have, I want to get married. I want a relationship like you. I said, great. I'm glad I have my relationship. Are you willing to be that uncomfortable? And then saying it and doing it are also different things, right? So, right. Yes. Get uncomfortable. And then you run from it because we go for comfort. So people who are very in the public eye, people who are very successful are not comfortable. They're comfortable with their discomfort. Wow. and so I teach people to take Some powerful stuff right there. <laughs> and, and there's a circle. At the top of the circle is thought. And the, the minute you take on a thought, you have a sensation. And people expect the sensations to match. They figure if I have the right positive thought, I'll feel good. It's one of the biggest erroneous notions in new thought today is that when you get what you want, you're going to feel good. Uh, it's, yeah. it's, you know, I mean, you have, I'm laughing because this is a, seems like a sidetrack. My grandmother and my mother were walking out of my grandmother's apartment and they had a neighbor who had an infant, a newborn, and the neighbors came out and the baby wasn't with them. And my mother said, oh, where's the baby? And the wife said, oh, the baby's with grandma this week. And my mother said, oh, isn't that nice? You get a little break. And my grandmother whirled on her and said, how could you ever want to be away from your children for one second? Jeez. Wow. <laughs> uh, right? I'm like, every mom in the world's going, oh my gosh, is that bad? <laughs> I don't have children. Uh, and so people, but but if you've learned, you're not supposed to be Supposed to feel that way, right. And you're going to feel uncomfortable when you get the joyful opportunity to have a little time to yourself. And you won't let yourself have time to yourself. And we did talk about this last time too, all your childhood things and thoughts coming with you to current day. And, and you don't even know they're creeping in or how they got there, right? It's just, that's so, so interesting. Well, because they're in the different part of the brain. They're in the limbic system, which is an automatic fast moving part of the brain. And so they're just there. And you don't even know, like, for instance, you know, you could have seen a strawberry and your house got hit by lightning. And anytime you see something red, you panic and you have no idea why that's happening. Right. I was listening to another podcast once and he was talking about just because I do think this is such a hot topic, right? There are so many podcasts and books and even children's books that I've read all on 
the power of the mind and, and your thoughts and your feelings. And he was just saying it like we work out anything else. We've got to work out our mind. Like this isn't just going to happen overnight to, to get your mind. Like he was talking about meditating and different things. So how, once someone reads your book, I know you do these classes, like how do you put it into practice? Like how do well, you? Well, there's, there's a million, it's, there's the thought exchange there. I have many books on it, but the thought exchange, the, the new edition, the 20th, which is the, it's the old book, but it's updated. There's a new preface. There's stuff on how. I did read your new preface. I downloaded the sample on my Kindle this morning, actually. It yeah, was oh, very well said. <laughs> and, 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 you know, and on some new developments and, and stuff like that. So what it is, it, it shows you the basic thought exchange uh, routine is you take on a thought. So think of a circle. The thought is at the top. And then go a quarter of the way around the circle, which is the sensation you get. And that sensation, when you have a thought and the sensation is comfortable, you then turn that thought into a belief. Now, a belief and a thought are not the same thing. In thought exchange, a belief is a thought you think is true. Uh, no thought is true or false. It's just a thought. So if I have the thought, it's impossible for me to ever do this. Uh, and then I could also have the thought, I absolutely am going to be able to do this. Neither one of those are true or false. They're just thoughts. And within those thoughts, I might manifest and function a certain way. So a thought, yeah. a belief, like when people say change your belief, you can't change a belief because by nature, a belief is a thought that you think is true. You have to understand that a belief is just another thought. And then you can exchange the thought for any other thought you want. So what How happens- did you become so wise? Like, I'm just listening to you. My mind is just blown right now. I'm like, this is all, I love it. <laughs> you know why I became wise uh, in this way is like, one thing people say to me all the time in workshops is, it's amazing because whatever problem I bring up, you seem to understand it. And I said, I do because I have it. And so the wisdom came out of necessity and out of the fact that I am... Uh, I I struggle with all these issues, just as Sean is a minister and he doesn't go, oh, yes, I am connected. He goes, yeah, I have a couple <laughs> with it too, and this is the way I use spirit. So I I did it because I would I could identify with this. And so I began to look, to notice, to be present. And so I noticed if you have a thought, like if you had a thought now, uh, I want to get a glass of water, that comes with a comfortable sensation you know you can get a glass of water for some people that sure. wouldn't for whatever reasons but and then that's a belief and then you get a glass of water but the interesting thing this is where people get stuck and you alluded to it before we are not making things happen it's not like i say i see a million dollars and then i make a million dollars happen the world happens whatever happens happens and we do things and we move toward things and we do have agency in, you know, like if you want a glass of water, you can get a glass sure. of water. A million dollars might be a little harder, <laughs> but, but, but it is possible. But the point is everything <clears throat> is your internal experience. And so I don't know if I told this story last time I was at a dinner party and there was this woman who was getting divorced and she was in the middle of a really messy divorce and she was hating her husband. And she was saying, that louse left me destitute. He left me with nothing. He took everything. The only thing he left me was the apartment. And I have to sell it to survive. I'm destitute. And someone said, well, how much are you asking for the apartment? And she said, $7,750,000. Oh. oh. <laughs> so 
she was down to her last $7 million uh-huh. thing. And everybody laughs at that. But really, if you look at it, this woman could feel destitute. Her experience of life with $7 million was destitution. Yeah. So we keep thinking that, oh, I'm working to get this. If I could just have a husband, if I could just have, you know, a car, if I could just have a house, I'll be happy. But in your happiness is based on your experience. And all the world is, is a mirror. I mean, do you know people who are thin as a rail and look in the mirror and say, I'm so fat? Oh gosh, yes. Yeah. And or people who are gorgeous and say, oh, I look so ugly. So there's not being gorgeous in other people's eyes does nothing for you if you can't take it in. So when we take on a thought and we hit that sensation, the one I just described is, we go right around the circle and we have the experience. So if you right. have the thought, I'm a millionaire, even if you don't have a million dollars, you're experiencing being a millionaire and probably you will seek out things and be gravitating to things that make that happen. But it's when you look in the mirror in the morning and you say, whoa, that face needs makeup. You do not put makeup on the mirror it, because... Yeah, there's no one in the mirror. So when you look in the mirror of your life, you do not try to fix the mirror. You say, I am seeing. So what you're seeing always when you look in the world is your own thoughts. You're I seeing, love this. I think I'm terrible. I think I don't have enough. And you can't have enough unless you, you can't see enough in the mirror unless you already have enough. That's the paradox. All the right. things we're aspiring to we have to have. You can't have a loving relationship unless you can experience a loving relationship. So where oh, we- Oh, that's a such good stuff. Yeah. And so you have it first. So you say, I want that. Do I have it inside of me? You look inside of you. And so when we hit that sensation, if that sensation is one we uh, are uncomfortable with, we protect ourselves by jumping to the right. To, right. Uh, what I call, people would call it a negative thought. I'd call it a protective thought. So if the thought I can do it is going to get you slapped in the face, the thought I can't do it will protect you. And then you will be more comfortable because you will have a sensation that feels protected. And Ultimate will, defense mechanism, right? That makes right. Yeah, and much sense. believe you can't do it, but where you'll get caught is you will see in the mirror of the world, not what you want. You will see what you can. And the minute you see that, you'll jump back to what you want and you'll hit that sensation again. And you'll go around and say, I want to write a book. Anxiety. I can't write a book. No book. But I want to write a book. Anxiety. I can't write a book. No book. I want to write a book. Anxiety. Let me sit with that anxiety. Oh, I can write a book if I'm with my anxiety. I can be uncomfortable. I can That's feel right. this anxiety. And how so many- what? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, how many books do you read where they say, oh, my God, thank you to my wife and my editor who put up with my craziness and my anxiety as I went nuts writing this book. It's very uncomfortable to write a book. <laughs> I can't imagine. Yeah. What does this look like for you on a daily basis, David? Like, or Is this something that you're consciously practicing every day, every oh, week? Well, like- every minute, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not a set it and forget it thing. Uh, what it is, so... It's on my next book, which I haven't written yet. It's going to be called The 10-Second Thought Exchange. In other words, stay with it for 10 seconds. So in other words, if I have a problem, I pause, I look at the problem, and 
instead of when I can, and believe me, I don't do this all the time. I once said to someone, I feel like a phony because my work doesn't work. And they, and then I realized, <laughs> oh, it works. I'm just not doing it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so you look at a problem or something in your life that you're uncomfortable with. And then you say, what thought you say, what am I thinking during this problem? And so, for instance, I might, uh, I had something where uh, something came in from a recording I was doing, and uh, I wasn't, to- someone had done some work on it, and I wasn't totally satisfied with it. And immediately my limbic system went to all those times where I was screaming for what I wanted and didn't get it, and where people opposed me and people, but et cetera, et cetera. And I noticed myself getting anxious. And I said, oh, what thought of mine am I seeing in this circumstance? And I was seeing the thought, I'm not going to be able to get what I want. And that thought was from every past experience. And it's like a library or your limbic system will pick out 19. Like my grandmother, when my mother wanted to learn to swim, my grandmother collected articles about people drowning. You know, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) is it hard to get to like the truth of what you're thinking? If that makes like to figure out where that uncomfortable sensation is coming from. Like, I don't know if I'd always know that yet. Still, you just make the assumption it's in me. So you stop futzing with the outside world. So like, you know, for instance, you look in the mirror <coughs> and you say, <coughs> excuse me, those eyes don't look good. Uh, what do my eyes need? And then you do your eyes. So like movie stars do not look in the mirror and go, oh my God, I'm so beautiful. They go, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. That makeup is not quite right there. And I need to put on, and that outfit, the, you know, it doesn't fit quite right here. They, you look. And it doesn't have meaning, so you don't judge yourself. So I'd go, uh, so I was going, oh, I'm thinking I can't get what I want. That will result in me not picking up the phone or not sending an email. So I exchanged the thought for, I can get what I want. And we're working in the infinite. I call it the great unmanifested. Like I'm a songwriter. I don't write songs. They already exist. Barry Manilow. I write the songs. I love that. music. I pull them out of the ether. So in the ether, it has to be possible for us to meet someone. It has to be possible for me to get what I want. It has. So I take on that thought, and then I write an email saying, can we get together? I want to talk to you about some things. And I am anxious when I write that email because my limbic system is still screaming, you're not going to get what you want. Right. But I have taken on the thought, and I am able to be with the discomfort that the thought goes with. And because of that, I can make, I can send the email or make the call. And so if he writes back, you know, oh, who do you think you are? I can look at, oh, I have the thought that I should be uh, attacked or that I'm not allowed. And I might exchange that thought. And that might lead me to write to him again or call him or walk into his office or leave him or accept it. Yeah. And number of things, but the point is, I'm living in the thought I can have what I want, and that's an experience because life is only our experience. See, we only experience life inside ourselves. I don't even know if you are on the other end of this call. I do know that I experience you on the other end of this call, uh, and it's like so when people yeah. say, "Say your mother dies," and people say. 
oh, I wish I could talk to my mother once more. I say, you want to talk to your mother? She said, yes. I said, close your eyes. Can you see your mother? Ask her a question. Oh. Answer. That, that has always been your relationship with your mother because your relationship with your mother always took place inside of you. I love this. You know, I was reading like a ton of reviews and people had about your classes and your books and how life changing it was for them. And I can't imagine what that must feel like, David. Like, I know that's not why you set out to do this, but it's really powerful stuff. I mean, you have truly changed so many lives just from this. And it's, I think that's so incredible. It's really nice. I mean, and, and you never know where you change them. I remember um, Sean wrote to this Broadway star out of the blue uh, because he, and you know, he thought, I don't know if she's going to get it, but she has a Facebook page and wrote, you know, I'm such a big fan of yours. And he said, so that she wouldn't think I'm just out of the blue. He said, I'm David Friedman's partner. Uh, and uh, <laughs> drop. I yeah. love this uh, book, uh, the, 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 your work, et cetera, et cetera. And she wrote back, oh, thank you so much, Sean. And please tell David that his the book, The Thought Exchange, changed my life. Oh, my gosh. And you never know, uh, you know, who's getting something out of it. And you, you know, it, it, it has to feel so good, though, and such purposeful. And I don't know. I just I, I, I loved it. I loved reading about it. It's really amazing. Well, you know, I'm glad I have it. And I'm glad, you know. Because also, I mean, one of the things I'm working on lately is, you know, I'm 73 years old. And when you get older, life changes in many ways. You know, I'm not doing some of the things I used to do. And I'm learning to really appreciate what I am doing. And so on a moment-to-moment -moment basis, you know, I don't want to be conducting on Broadway now. I don't want to be conducting movies now. Yeah. That's, you know, I did that for years, every Eight times a week, I'd go out when everyone else was having dinner and I would, you know, work. And a little slower but, pace these days and you're like, you're appreciating it. <laughs> yeah. there And so, but this is something that on a one-to-one -one level, I do private coaching, I do a weekly class, I and I write books. And to really appreciate uh, the, the difference you make Right now, in this minute, the difference you make in someone's life, the difference you make in your own. And so you become conscious. You see, if you look at that, the source of, the, of your experience of the world, which is all there is, is your experience yeah. of it, is within you. And so you, you learn to look and go, I mean, how many times do you have something where somebody says, oh, I love her. Oh, you're kidding. I hate her. I, you know, and neither is true. She's a terrible person. She's a wonderful person. She is only as you see her. And so the question becomes, for instance, if I couldn't forgive my ex, the question, who's uncomfortable all the time? Who is, you know, ah, he doesn't know I'm furious. He doesn't know this, you know, like for instance, let's say that, um, you had a uh, someone, God forbid, you know, murdered your child, and you spend years making sure that that person gets the electric chair, and you sit there and watch them be electrocuted. Do you think that's helping you at all? Uh, right. And there's a, there's a story <clears throat> in the book, and of course it's apocryphal because there are some, uh, you know, it could really happen that way under the law, but. There's a story of a woman who was very wealthy and lived in New York City, and she was murdered. Her son was murdered 
by a kid his own age who came from the ghetto and you know and so they caught the kid and you know they were pressing charges and then she looked and she said punishing this kid is never going to bring my son back nor mm. is it going to make me feel good and so she looked at this kid's life who had murdered her son and his parents were drug addicts and he had no education yeah. and he lived scrapping and he got involved with the wrong crowd. And she decided to, instead of pressing charges, give him the education that she would have given her son. Oh my gosh. And send him to college. And so, and so that was called forgiveness. In order to do that, she has to live with that this happens. I mean, Sean, Sean is very funny. He says, I will forgive you if you can make what happened not have happened. <laughs> Which is <And>, right. <laughs> and we're all living trying to have had a better childhood, uh, you know, yeah. and those things can't happen. So the forgiveness is giving way, Sean defines it as giving way for a new thought. Oh, I love that. I'm saying I can never, you know, be in the same room with my ex or I can give way for a new thought that I can and that this happened. And so these positive thoughts come with uh, uncomfortable sensations. Sure. And we, have, we keep trying to be comfortable. Forget it. If we gave up being comfortable, we, we would have so much more. Think of the things you can do, could do if you didn't need to be comfortable. And you could, you could uh, encompass and accept things. Uh, yeah. They were just think of the number of things. And there's a, there's a prayer. I don't think I talked about this last time. There's a prayer. It's called the welcoming prayer by uh, Thomas Keating, who was a big person in contemplative meditation. And it says, <laughs> I say it whenever I, I, it's on my computer desktop. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I welcome everything that comes to me in this moment because I know it is from my healing. I welcome all thoughts, feelings, emotions, persons, situations, and conditions. I let go of my desire for security. I let go of my desire for affection. I let go of my desire for control. I let go of my desire to change any situation, condition, person, or myself. I open to the love and presence, and he says, of God, and the healing action and grace within. Man. This is like a therapy session in itself. <laughs> I am just loving this. It's life. <laughs> life is a big therapy session. Are you, when you do these classes, are they, and I think you touched on this, are they individual or are they group? Are they? Uh, I do. Well, I do one on Wednesday evenings from five to seven. I do a group thought exchange and it's a small group. It's anywhere from. Is six, it in person or people jumping no, in on Zoom? On Zoom. And what happens is, you know. If people want to be part of it, they send me a note at uh, davidfriedmancomposer at gmail.com. And uh, I send out a link to the whole mailing list. And whoever can pop on, pops on. And we do it as a group. I also do uh, private uh, thought exchange coaching. Okay. And I do it in corporate settings. And uh, I do it in colleges. And I do it at Unity Churches. This and I do like the thought exchange circle, you know, people invite me. So to if somebody wants to pop on, what if there, there are, there some of you that have been doing this for years and then there's a newcomer and it just all, it, it works oh, out. This group is so uh, welcoming. And so, and so a newcomer will come on, nobody has to speak. So usually a newcomer uh, 
I'll introduce them to the group and then say, ask any questions if you want. And sometimes people just listen for a while and some people pop right on. You know, it's right. The thing is, it's it's an extraordinarily safe environment. It's it's there's it's a welcoming safe. There's nothing you can say that anyone's going to be shocked at or angry at or whatever. And you I call it come as you You are. Whatever is going on with you. It's like. I walk with my neighbor every morning at, at, at nine or 10 o'clock. Suzanne knocks on my door and we walk two miles. And when we get together, whatever, some mornings it's like, oh, this wonderful thing happened. Some mornings it's, I'm completely depressed. Some mornings I'm really angry. Some mornings I don't feel well. We are always connected on that walk because we're connected with whatever is. Uh, I have a friend who just went in for a major surgery and they found the recurrence of cancer and he has to go through chemo and it was a 14 hour surgery and, and his wife wrote to me and, you know, told me and I said, well, we see him getting through this. (laughs) I hold that vision. And I said, and although, you know, health is something he needs to regain, what is here now is our connection, love, uh, who we are, who he is as a person, and we're walking through this with you night and day. And that's all she needed to hear right then. That's that's right. That's right. And she uh and then we said we bought him his favorite banana bed from Canyon Ranch and she said he can't eat it right now. And I said, well you should tell him that you will make the sacrifice and eat it for him. (laughs) (laughs) And that made her laugh. Oh, that's perfect. David, you really are inspiring. I'm just loving this. So guys, it's the 20th anniversary and you can buy this book on Amazon. I downloaded it on my Kindle this morning because I wanted to read his new, the four, it's not called the forward. It was like your opening thoughts on the, just yes. updating there's things. Forward, there's the opening and then throughout their little things. And you know, it's called uh, 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 overcoming our resistance to living a sensational life. And sensational has two meanings. It has the meaning wonderful but it has the meaning, uh, feel your sensations and notice how you're judging, you know, this shouldn't be like this, that shouldn't be like this, and then trying to change it in the world as opposed to looking at your thoughts. So one last thing, the concept thought exchange came uh, about because we created this store and it's called the thought exchange. And Every thought is always in stock. It's never on back order. And their service is better than Nordstrom. You can come in anytime and say, I'd like to exchange this thought for that thought. And they will take the thought, no questions asked. You can you can exchange the same thought 50 times in a day, which is usually the way it works, not exchanges. It's back, exchange it. It's back, exchange it. And so... This one actress used to like to enact it. Hello, welcome to the thought exchange. What thought can I exchange for you today? I would like to exchange the thought. I'm a piece of crap for I am good. Okay, I'll take that. I'm a piece of crap and I'll, here's I am good. And I'm going to put I'm a piece of crap on our special display case because many, many, many people come in for that thought all day long. (laughs) Oh, I love this. That's funny. <laughs> That's going to make me giggle. I um, I don't know if this is relatable or not, but all I was uh, thinking a lot during this was that I want to slow down enough 
to realize what I'm doing and what I'm thinking. Does that make sense? Like, I, I feel like at this busy age of kids and a career and podcasting and being a what, like, I don't even know if I give myself the time to really know what I'm, what I'm thinking, what my that sensations are. Wonderful, wonderful thing you're saying. Because when I was talking before about aging, for instance, one of the things that happens is one of the huge gifts is you have to slow down a little bit. You're doing less, you're out there less, you're physically not as, you know, unless I'm at the gym five times a week, I mean, I'm doing whatever I can do, but you slow down. Uh, last year I had open heart surgery and I had to sit still and sit quietly and mm. it was a huge gift. And so often if you, if you get, and way to look at it like a gift first it's for me, I can't if, move, you know, I'm on bedridden. <laughs> if you get sick, if you get tired, if something, if something falls away, if you lose something, uh, like we had a big expenditure, uh, there, we are, there's a river in the middle of our property and our bridge and the terrace across the way washed away. And so I just, I uh, redid the terrace and it was $6,000. And so I was like, oh, I'm down $6,000, which triggered all my, oh, you never have money and you're going to lose all your money. And you're going to, you know, I don't know how we've lived in this gorgeous house all these years. I don't know who's paying for it. Well, I am. <laughs> and, and, and so uh, I just said, oh, I'm having that thought that I have nothing. I said, just take on the thought money is here. And, uh, and that thought makes me anxious because I'm not fighting for money, but I just took it on and I'm relaxed with the sensation that comes with that thought. So I go out to dinner with friends to celebrate a project and they give me $2,000 as a thank you. And then and look at that. I, a, I usually get a, a, a check, you know, for $400 from something. I got $1,600 from that. And then somebody <laughs> called me who wanted to work in this way. And it just, and I just watch it roll in without my doing it. So the point is, the, our thought does it. All we have to do is be in the right place, in the right yeah. place. And so oh, I love this. you slow down. So in other words, slowing down, you know, when like you say, oh, my kid has a crisis. What do I do about this? And our mind starts rolling. If you sit for five minutes or two, what, 10 seconds and see it done, you just, you don't go, this is going to happen. You go, right. I see it done. Then you and your body have the feeling of what it's like to have it be done. And then you start to function in the world as though it's done. So slowing down or even. That's going to be such a takeaway for me. I really, I'm going to really try to practice that. And so, I love it. it. You know, by stopping and taking 10 deep breaths. Give your and I also apologize if you can hear my yard is getting weed whacked right now. Can you hear oh, that? Yeah, I can hear it a little bit, but I'm they're not supposed to be here right now. I am so sorry, everybody. <laughs> we live in the country. And so now this is all right. So this is interesting. Do you know in Zen Buddhism, they have what they call koans, which are these phrases that blow your mind so that you can't make sense of them. So like the sound of one hand clapping or a tree falls in the forest, it doesn't make a sound. Sure. And there's one that says, how do you stop the distant bell from tolling? And the way you stop it 
is by stopping it bothering you by allowing it. So right now we are talking and there's a weed whacker and that is part of our experience. We can grip against and resist and go crazy and get annoyed or we can say, I'm talking and there's a weed whacker at the same time. And then we do what you just did. We go, Oh, oh, guys, don't you all just want to put David Freeman in your pocket and just have him around all the time? I would like to also because all this wisdom, like I always say, um, you know, my other book, which you may have read is Help Us on the Way. Yes. And, and that is based on my song, Help Us on the Way, which I wrote for the AIDS epidemic and for Nancy Lamont that don't give up the ship, even when you think, even when you feel it's sinking and you don't know what to do. Don't give up your dream, even though you may be thinking it never will come true. Life has its own ideas of how things come about. And if you just hang in there, life is going to work it out. Help is on the way from places you don't know about today, from friends you may not have met yet. Believe me when I say, I know help is on the way. And people hear that and they go, oh, David, you must be so centered, so calm, so wise. And I say, if you think I think help is on the way, you're out of your mind. You know, <laughs> I wrote this song. This song wrote me. Because something said, David, you need to hear this. And uh, that's so cool. You know, and, and gosh, we're going to have part three help is on the way because I was actually listening to one of the releases you did during COVID and how applying that song that you wrote during the AIDS epidemic to the COVID pandemic. And I just, how crazy that that related so much then, too. I was watching the one on YouTube where you had it's Norm was on there. Yeah, it's for Broadway Cares, and it's Norm Lewis is in it. Seriously, Haley, Haley, she was amazing. Haley was the star of um, Once on This Island on Broadway, the revival. I feel like I want to go follow her career. I could not get over her voice. Oh, she was fabulous. And She's amazing. Was You see, help us on the way. There's an organization called Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS, which is a huge organization that gives money and support, no questions asked, to anyone who has AIDS, and it's actually expanded way beyond that, for anything you need, for food, for shelter, for whatever. And there's a huge um, benefit every year called the Easter Bonnet Competition, and it's in the Minskoff Theater, and all the Broadway shows take part in it and do skits and make Easter bonnets from their costume, crazy Easter bonnets from their costume department. And uh, 25 years ago, when Nancy Lamont came out with the song Help Us on the Way, they had her close the event with Help Us on the Way, oh and it God. became their theme song. And every year, whoever the big star on Broadway is, uh, sings it, and it raises money. So during the pandemic, we got a bunch of those stars who had sung it together, and they uh, made this video, each one from their own home, and the orchestra played from their own home. It was quite an endeavor. And uh, it's the song. And I just say, if you ever think that you know, there's no hope. I mean, it's not meant for, oh, this is going to work out. It's meant for those times when you go, oh my God, I have no idea how this is going to work out. This is a nightmare. This is, you know, and for those times to just hold the thought, help us on the way from places you don't know about. Yeah. Oh, this is such great stuff. Guys, I um, I don't want to end this. I'm feeling, I don't know. I feel like I'm going to have a great day. I'm feeling inspired oh, and uplifted and all the things. This is going to be my morning podcast. I'm going to listen to this as a reminder to myself. And you have access to me at any time. I love it. Guys, please go check him out. His books are on Amazon. It's David Friedman, F-R-I-E-D-M-A-N. 
Um, you can, if you want to join one of his classes, which I feel like I might have to sit in on one, um, David Friedman composer at gmail.com. Correct. Yep. Yes, that's correct. Um, go YouTube him, go Google him. He's really, really done a ton. He's so inspiring. I'm just so entertained by all these things, but David, I love you guys. I appreciate this so much. And we love you too. I'm so glad we got to do this. This is really Me too. It's been very fun. Um, guys, please continue to listen and support me. I really, really appreciate it. Um, right now I'm just on Spotify, but I'm feeling like I might be on Apple here soon. I'm going to be doing some other things, but oh, I thought we see it happening. Just see it. Right? Feel the discomfort of contacting Apple or whatever, and then feel discomfort, hold the thought and do it. And you'll see it's happened so fast. I love this. I'm going to text you when I do it now. <laughs> <laughs> do, please. Oh, David, thank you guys. Thanks for listening. Have a good one, y'all. Bye-bye.